Hey everybody, welcome back to Endure, the athlete story. Today's guest is Sean McLaughlin. Sean is an Irish Ironman triathlete who, in his first Ironman, done a time of 9 hours and 3 minutes in Barcelona in 2019. Sean tells us the story of how he came from partying and drinking too much and how that led to a bet to doing a marathon on a week's notice. This led on to Sean's desire to race more and got into triathlon and how he went to Ironman Barcelona and got his time there and how he hopes to qualify for Kona. In this podcast, Sean tells us how he trains, how he manages it with working full time in a highly physical job as a bricklayer and how he manages it with family and that whole balance. So there's a lot of tips in there for anyone in that same position of work, family, training, balance and I think you can get a lot of value from listening to what Sean has to say and um, Sean's a good friend of mine, we have great memories racing and training, surfing together so uh, there's a bit of crack in this one and uh, I think I think you'll all enjoy it. This show is brought to you by EJX2 Coaching, I'm a triathlon coach with a background in sports science. I provide lactate testing for anyone based in the northwest of Ireland. Um, if anyone's interested in getting a chat about your training or how I might be able to help you for a race or an event coming up, please feel free to get in touch. I'd love to get a chat to you about it. Uh, if you want to email me, you can get me on ejx2coaching at hotmail.com or you can check us out on Facebook and Instagram at ejx2coaching. Um, yeah, be really happy to get a chat to you if you're interested. Um, hope you enjoy today's show. Don't forget to subscribe, please. Share it with your friends, leave a review, and hopefully get something from this and let us know what you think. Enjoy. So, welcome to the Endure, the Athlete Story podcast, John. Thanks, Emmett. Cheers, lad. Good to have you on. Good to have you on. All right. So, Sean, getting on it. Um, what where are you at now in your training? Or I suppose we're all in lockdown and all this carry on. But what where are you at at the moment? Tell us. Uh I've just started back here the last month or so. I had a wee bit of a off season, maybe full all January. Surf, I went back, started surfing again. Um, done a little bit of biking. Um, no, not not much is running, and I really enjoyed the time off the last month or so. I've been knuckled down again. Uh, I know there's some local races coming up, and I, um, uh, it's given me a bit of mojo to get back training again. So uh, that's where I'm at. Like it's just technically easy enough weaning myself back in. Um, looking forward to some local stuff that's yeah. organized in the pipeline so, so uh, yeah i suppose you're just the same as the rest of us in the last year or so there's been no races and it's been tough that way not having a big goal had you any big goals lined up last year that were cancelled yeah. yeah i was going to ironman portugal um and that was pushed back to november and then obviously it didn't happen so i found myself really struggling to train for the a fair old bit of the last the last five or six months just not sort of knowing mm. nothing set in stone and i like to train for an end goal i like the i like the car there to be training towards and i just find myself nah it'll be okay it'll be all right i'll be i'll, I'll do it next week and you know yeah. just that erupt, just get yeah. on there but i rub um, but at the same time, it, it done me no no harm either. Uh, the break, um, I find myself now I'm missing those sessions, and I'm, the body feels good for it. And so, I um, mean, you're, you're mentally and physically refreshed from a bit yeah. of a break, and uh, rare uh, to go for this year. Uh, that's it. So if, I mean, hope, hopefully, we get some racing this year. I'm sure it's the same for everyone across the board. Like it's. it's Tough times. It's tough times well, to keep a. Well, that's it. Like we had 
with nothing in sight. And even if he, for myself, if I think back, it's 2000, August 2019 since you were on a start line for me, you know, and most people are the same. Um, but just not having that goal, that end goal, that big risk to train for, as you say, is tough and people do big challenges and things for charity, which is great. But sometimes the rest are just switching off for a few months is like now you're back you're back feeling ready to go again so which is good definitely definitely it's it, it does you no harm does it you know they no, take a a break. Break. you need a break every now and then so so sean just tell us getting going back the six or seven years ago whatever it is now what did you do before triathlons or how did you get into triathlons um, I, I I always I always sort of kept myself. I, I played a bit of football, um, surfed, done a bit of kickboxing. I, I would have trained, trained and 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 partied all my all my days or whatever. I always kept myself half foot, but mm. there was always that other side of things too. Yeah. But I triathlon. That was a, but it was actually the the, the Derry Marathon, uh, the same year in two thousand and fourteen. Uh, I got uh, <clears throat> I was on the drink and um, it took a bad way, boy, that I could run it with, with no training. Um, uh, 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 so I couldn't uh, I couldn't run egg on it. The, 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 so I bought the shoes that Tuesday. It was a week before, the weekend before, and I bought the shoes on the Tuesday with a pair of Asics and landed the the start of the marathon. Uh, I was nervous. I was really nervous. Must have smoked about four, four or five rallies. Uh, I, I remember, <laughs> I remember landing in the Everglades, and um, I had these big baggy cotton Primark shorts on, you know, like that way down below your knees. And uh, no one told me that you're not supposed to wear the Funnisher's t-shirt until you actually finish the wrist. <laughs> you had the Funnisher t-shirt on, no? I had the Funnisher's t-shirt on. And, uh, That's class. I had, uh, uh, Darn was my name, like so. I remember, like, uh, was uh, going for the crowds. Go on, Darn. You know? <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> I think I, I brought like a wee strap of painkillers, um, two rollies, and uh, <laughs> you brought and a headphone. To, uh, so <laughs> just, anyone that doesn't know rollies is like a like a rolled up tobacco, rolled up cigarette. Uh, Unbelief, smoke two, uh, two cigarettes. Just in case. On. <laughs> On Borri for the marathon. Well, later. So everyone else had gels and electrolytes, and you had a uh, paracetamol and cigarettes. <laughs> a few boys went at this goey. I bumped on them at the Everglades. They were, you know, it was really, it was really tense, and they were doing their stretches, and they were saying how much uh, the six months training and whatever. And, you know, whenever I told them what I was doing, they're like, you're going to die, you know, what are you at, you know? Um, but I, that's how it all started. Uh, that's how it started. That was how, how, did you, how did you get on in the marathon? You finished it, did uh, you? I finished it, I, I finished nice. it. Uh, on one uh, week's notice? Three hours mm. and 56 minutes or something. Um, just, I, I was very respectable for, uh, for not one, <laughs> one training uh, session beforehand. You know, it was probably the hardest day, easily the hardest thing I've ever done. You know, the pain from like 22, a Bay Road, I can't remember if it's 21 or 22 miles, but the pain came on there, man. And it's like, I just completely, completely stopped. Um, I walked for about 15 miles. I was actually with a free, just, I could see the free 30 going, right? The pisser, the Bay Road. And I spent about 15 minutes Easily walking around the Bay Road, squirting look as I had sports over my hamstrings. My hamstrings <laughs> felt like they were about four centimeters long. You know, like that uh, so uh, it was an experience. It was a, an experience, and um, uh, that's how it all started. That's and how it that, started. Did that start something with any to say you wanted they come back and do that better, or something else, or white triathlons in, or? It was actually there was a, yeah. an, a the architect on the job I was working on Foil Arena. He um he was a cyclist, 
And the project manager, Paul McNamee from Sturban, he ran the Dairy Marathon that same day. So them two would always been chatting and the, he was telling uh, Jared about the, the time and whatever. And Jared said, why don't you come down? I'll give you Lenny a bike. Um, and I didn't really know the fellow from Adam. Like I would have knew him from coming on the sites. But uh, I, I hurt my knee doing the marathon. And he said to me, why don't you come down? I'll lend you my old bike. So I took Elena his bike. Um, down, it was yeah. in Mahara. I drove down to Mahara. Got Elena the old steel trek off him and decided to do the, the, the triathlon then in June or July, whatever it was that year. Because mm. um, I, I, I have a bit of a story, if I remember right, back to that. I knew you from surfing. I didn't know you that well, like, but you knew Big Sean and surfing because he was... A good surfer and he was like six foot four so he didn't get in his way <laughs> so I, I knew you that way but i mind chatting to you on the beach one day and um you knew i done triathlons and you're saying hey i'm gonna do a triathlon as you were standing smoking smoking one year out <laughs> so i was saying i are you a good man hey you'd probably need to pack on the smoking first and you're saying no i'm gonna do it no so i thought oh, happy days good man no and then uh, you showed up when you done the you done the dairy marathon or the city dairy triathlon when it was um in the city center swimming the foil and cycle the bridges and running around town so that, that was that that was your very first one wasn't it that was my first that was my first and only that year i was uh uh i, I done that and i thought i like this this is good mm. like this is you know and uh i went away then that obviously and, and started training properly and after that, like for Ford, Ford triathlon, but uh, it was a good day. It was good, pretty good. And so then, when you decided to do triathlon, was the the partying and the drinking? Did that? Did you put that <laughs> in the back burner? Uh, nah, not really. To be honest, not not the first. How long am I? I, I uh, five years. I'm, I've quit drinking five five Christmases ago just passed so yeah the first the first two years I was still still I don't know usual just sort of training plus mm. me mad band three day benders and, and stuff so <laughs> but, uh, but now you say five years you're five years you're I'm off the drink now. uh I give it up Great. doesn't suit me doesn't just you just get the point where you realize you know you're uh yeah, I don't know. You're, I was uh, touching. I was turning thirty, and nothing was changing. Do you know what I mean? Every time it was the same, same shit, different toilet, basically. So, so but, you went, you went under the triathlons, and I think from getting to know you over the last six or seven years, you don't do half measures. No, no. So you went at the triathlons, and you went at them hard and it paid off that first year you came to do a full season of racing way uh, training behind you or had a good lean ball at 106 or something for my first ever proper train sprint which was i was at a uh, uh, i kind of uh, after that you know i kind of felt well we may be trying to mm. see how see if you can get good you know because um, I mind um, we were working together at the time I was helping you out with some coaching stuff because you were just new to the sport and you, you just get some guidance and we were training together at the time stuff too so but you, it was clear that you, you caught on quickly you caught on to oh. how it works because over the years there's a lot of people come and they say they're going to do this or that or they train for a race and they come and go but you got the training right and you seem you obviously enjoyed it but you enjoyed that process you say you said earlier like a goal so there was a risk coming up in that process yeah. and you were out and at the time when i was coaching it was definitely a case of holding you back <laughs> it was yeah. i was always trying to hold you back it was like can i do four hours like no nah, just do three hours you, you have to do this tomorrow or something so you were eager like but you did catch on and like now you obviously are well experienced and different training you know you know your stuff like so 
what what was that like that process for you learning it all and did you enjoy that the training side of things I, I do enjoy that side of it. I definitely do um and I take a lot from the likes of yourself and there's the likes of Paul McConnell and that there's fellas there that I mean I'm not stupid I know who they look at as far as you know fellas who summer work it um They've been about 15, 20 years. They're not on and out in one season. You know, a couple of good races and gone out the back door, burnt out. You know, mm. you sort of, it's easy to see where they take your advice from um, because there's a lot of, there's a lot of people tend to think that it's, it's a set. No, do you know, they overcomplicate things. And I mean, they, they don't want to look at their bike come June, June or July. They, they, they burnt themselves out. And, mm. I've tried to learn from the right, the right type of people, basically. Mm. You, um, you touched on your work there too, and this was a big thing. Like, and you probably have some advice now for people in your similar situation. You're a you're a bricklayer. That's your your job. So you were you're six, seven, eight hours out in the site every day, and then you're trying to do two, maybe three hours of training on top of that. So, like when when I was coaching, it was like, it was really that balance had to be right because you could easily just go over there. It's like, it's a, it's a unique situation where like uh, your training's easier than your, than your job. Uh, how did you find that? Yeah. And now that you're more experienced, how have you adapted it? Or? Uh, it's, it's still, it's still as tricky. It'll never not be tricky until the day of the, uh, have, I don't have to actually lay blocks, you know, and I have, you know, but until that point comes, I mean, like you say that sometimes works harder than mm-hmm. like an, a, a, an hour zone two run or whatever, do you know, I mean, a day's work on a foundation, laying blocks all day, you, you can't overlook it. Mm. And like, I mean, like the night, the perfect example, I'm tired, you know, yeah. I, I don't, I wouldn't want to train, you know, so yeah. we're, Whereas before, I might have just pushed on and trained, you know. Mm. But uh, it's just one of them things that you just have to sort of balance it. And I find that it's it's good to be on your own kind of training program because sometimes if you're getting coached or you're working to a certain schedule um, and you just can't, it's hard to do sometimes, you know, on top of work. It really is. Um, but if you listen to your body and... Uh, and just try and uh, well, not overdo it, you know, because mm-hmm. there's no recovery. You know, if you do a hard weekend's training and Sundays maybe a long run plus a bike, and you get up on Monday morning, you're back. You know, you're eight hours of work, eight or nine hours, um, and then like come Monday night, you know, you know, if you keep, if you don't take recovery, you're 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 in a road in nowhere. Yeah. So. Uh- in terms of your recovery, what are you doing to, to get that recovery? Or is it, is it the main thing you're saying there, the balance of if you're tired, you're doing something easier, yeah. taking training off because you can't you can't take your work off, unfortunately. So it has to be the training that gives way. But in the long run, that's making you a better athlete. I, I, I've, I've more so the last couple of years, I've listened to when I needed to take recovery. You know, I just don't keep going and going until something goes. Mm. Uh, um, especially, see, the likes of my hamstrings and lower back from just that hand bone stuff all day long can be, mm. you know, it, it takes its toll on you. Like, um, yeah. So I, 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 I just try and take recovery when I need it and, and don't. Uh, I've took myself off Strava and the likes because I find it. You know, there's times there when you don't really want to be, you, you want time off and you're looking at other people's profile, Strava and stuff like that. And you mm. go, oh, I'm going to take it. No one, you end up paranoid or something, you know. So I think you know, uh, Joe Filio, the the coach of multiple world champions and stuff, for anyone that doesn't yeah. know him, but you know him anyway, he, he uh, uses the term Strava Noia. It's like parano- Strava <laughs> paranoia. So like you're lying it's in the true. sofa and you see your friend or someone else, your competitors out in the bike there and you, you get, get on the bike and go out, but maybe you shouldn't that day. So it's good in one sense. It can motivate you, but as you say, it can be a negative. So it's just definitely can, find that balance. Um, so, I like that. 
Stravano, yeah. But, uh, yeah, you're tr- you're training away, getting getting your fitness, and you're racing away in sprints and Olympics throughout Ireland, and you're having some success in that. How did that feel? It was a good process. I enjoyed the the starting off. I like this the started off with sprints, and I think my first Olympic was in Belfast. But first year was sprints, and I really enjoyed the the whole free sports and the, mm-hmm. the, the whole, just trying to get better at you know there was something about triathlon and and the beauty of it um the process of getting a wee bit better on a bike but then the, the having to work in the run and you know on the swim and you know there's there's a beauty to it whereas i think singles i don't i don't think that would be Mm. the single sport i don't think i would have the same love for for as long if yeah. you know what i mean yeah and out of the three what's what's your favorite what's your favorite uh, first what's your favorite be training and then would that differ in a race like your favorite discipline on a race uh it started off running was my favorite um because i played about a football for years it running was it was my strongest so mm. it, became it was my favorite uh as the years I went on I probably probably prefer the bike mm. uh training wise I still like I still like going running there's something good about just throwing on a pair of slippers and going for a run but racing it's a bike uh, I was a love hit thing a bit they began with I wasn't strong on the bike I had a how they have a really high cadence and try and rely on a bit of aerobic fitness and I had no strength as such. Mm. Um, but I addressed that a few years ago, spent a, a month or two of big blocks of bigger bikes and, and mm. low, low cadence stuff. Um, that's helped as far as bring the biking on. So I would say biking them, I'd say I enjoy the bike the most. For anyone that has trained we or has raced you, you know now the bikes the bike's not a weakness for you and it's definitely a strength especially someone like me who might be a wee bit of heady out of the water and <laughs> how, long, <laughs> how long can I hold you off until uh until you come flying through and then try and hold on but it doesn't usually last long so then Sean after you done you were doing sprints and Olympics for a few few years and you had good success in them podiums and stuff, local races definitely, and further afield. But then you, what was you stepped up to the half Ironman? What was your first half Ironman? Uh, my first was was a groom sport. I think it was groom sport, but it wasn't because it was it was shortened that day. The swim was no. half. I remember you were down. Oh, that's right. Uh, done the, there was a sprint on that day too. Uh, the was it was the water the swim was half the the water temperature was freezing and they kept, waves. They kept the they kept the bike the same and they half their own. So I mean I don't call that my first. Um the following year was Dunleary, uh down in Iron Dublin. Man. Ironman half that was me that was my first rattlet full go and I mean that was to be honest that was me had a really bad day that day like a really really bad day um, mm. I was selling the bikes I got back to the hotel I was there I'm selling my bikes after triathlon I'm funny with it and, but I was training for sprints and mm-hmm. uh, you know I, I, and I try to go I try to risk a half way sprint training on me and uh oh it was brutal uh, i got out, it was a really tough bike course like and the, the, it was a tough swim that day and got out of the water and whatever everybody had a tough swim but i got on the bike and it's really hilly for the first mm. must be i don't know 30 40k up uphill and whatever uh pushed far too hard and then there was like sections Descending where I was shit myself because I'm on the arrow bars and yeah, I, uh, I actually had a bit of a spill on the way back down my around my ass bands, but didn't hurt myself back on and finished the bike and thought right here we go. So 
settled on me what I thought I could have held for the for the half and uh, six miles just bang had a wall and uh, I wanted to be swallowed up to the ground it was just uh, out my feet out on my feet and was that worse than the marathon that was worse it was worse because I, I, no the marathon was on the one and it was like yeah. no it was you know it was to be expected whereas the Don Leary was like a it was it was disheartening that mm. that genuinely after it I was saying to her, I'm finished with triathlon, I'm done, you know. And but then like I think about a week later I had, had jumped on the bandwagon, they 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 try Barcelona fall right. the following year. So I mean it doesn't take me long to forget about it, but uh. the, what I was trying to get at was if I don't think if I had I had such a bad day, I probably wouldn't have realized that they they go that distance is going to take a bit of work and I, I more or less said to myself, I'm never ever going to put myself in that situation again. We're not, we not prepared. Mm. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, you know, that's what I was trying to get out there. And I mean, I think that day sort of stood for me as far as realizing that if you're going to do it, it's a bit different. You know, it, it takes a wee bit more. And so that's, that's how it started anyway. So then in the space of a week, you went from you were going to sell everything. The, well, you, were, you were signed up the... An Ironman. Yeah. I think it, it just sums up. Uh, it just sums up your attitude. But as you say, it, it's the day, the the bad day, made you probably give you the kick you needed to get going. To get going for the Ironman. It, it, it definitely does. It definitely does. I was looking down at my legs when I was running like nine minute miles. I went from like six forty to nine minute miles, and my legs couldn't move. You know, I was like. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that was that was a daily it was a good lesson to be learning like. so you signed up the Ironman Barcelona and how long did you have then the train flat how long was that when you signed up there how long was the I think it, it opened it opened the, the more or less a year out and I, I, I got on it that basically got on it from there like. uh, so October October a full year of of where uh, that were uh, that was the end goal. Um, yeah. So uh, I gave myself plenty of time. And did that put the motivation levels straight back up? But did that last a good? Was that all you needed? Just that? It kind of was because it was my first, and that whole the you know Ironman distance and. Yeah, it fueled the fire for the full year. Yeah, yeah. So, I'm just gonna get you to touch on a bit of your training. So, but leading up to that, that same year, you were sixth in the national championships in Sheephaven. Was that yeah. a? Were you happy with that result? Because it was a. a f- uh, aye. Yeah. Aye. Aye. for anyone day. that doesn't know that course, it's absolutely brutal. Um. It's a beautiful part of the world down in the, the Downings and County Donegal, but there's hills, there's it's open, they wand, and on you were you would expect wind and rain stuff in that part of the world, but the that year it was roasting, so it was stuff that us Irish <laughs> training in the cold all year weren't expected, weren't expecting. So it was a really tough day, and people were really like it was a turned on their real endurance fast like it wasn't fast it wasn't pretty like it was just a slog and the sort of toughest man won and that day Chris Mantern was flying like he he was yeah, really was. strong but yourself like only a few years in the sport maybe your third half distance and you were sixth in a, in a national championships which was really strong how did that feel? That was a good day. It was a tough, tough, tough day. It was really warm. It was like 23 degrees or something. I'm just thinking, I actually done sheep paving the year before, before Don Leary. That's right. Uh, you done sheep paving the year that's before as well. Right. That's that right. Wasn't that, was that a championships or? No, it was just a, mm. a no. But, uh, yeah. So it was. I, my, I, the reason I'm probably not quite that is mine that took a puncture and couldn't fix my tube. Right. I had to get a laugh back day. That's right. Uh, I was on driving the course that day, and I was saying, 
jeepers you almost be here by now because you were sitting on the maybe the top 15 the bike and these people went past uh, so i was driving they looked for you in the course and i heard past this car on the road and i heard someone shout no nah, man, nah, man. Okay, uh, spare wheels i had some spare wheels in the car and, uh, so, uh, uh, so you get uh, a rough uh, day that, that day but that. But, um, maybe that's why I, I wanted to forget that day. Maybe that's <laughs> <laughs> but uh, getting back to the 2019 race where you're sixth, it was um, it was non non real performance like from yourself and what it was. It was a really good field. I mean, uh, the the year the year before we were t- talking about there, the one or I just. Uh, just about got you no know, Brian Sexton, like yeah, so. Yeah, a great battle with him, with Brian Sexton, in the the last week, battle run. Uh, you know, I mean, he, yeah. he I, I can sick that day, and there was a couple of fellas there that uh, they're just different level of yeah younger younger athletes or whatever. So I was proud. I was had a really good day. I'm really really good day. Yeah. Yeah. And and that set you up nicely. Then you were a few months out from Ironman Barcelona. Um, yeah. What was the training like then from Sheep Haven to Barcelona? Them final final few months. Um, to be honest, there was there was a few, some couple of weeks off as such. Um, I was actually working with Aidan Callahan for mm. the majority of two thousand and nineteen from early February right through. Day Barcelona, mm-hmm. and um, at times I was thinking, Jesus, this mightn't be enough training. But uh, no, he kept me my head right, and we we had a good a good day in Barcelona as well. I actually didn't do as much as I thought I was going to be doing, mm-hmm. and there was recovery weeks within them couple of months. You know, a, a good few weeks where it was. Um, Really low volume, uh, but it's it stood for me well on the, the day on Barcelona. Like I went on it fresh. Yeah. Um, so like like you're still obviously as we were saying earlier, you were working in the lead up this Ironman. You're working full time, manual labor, hard working job as a bricklayer. You're you've got a family, young children, and then you're trying to balance this training and. The nerves of a first Ironman. Like, what advice have you to someone in your position? That's like most of us, most people listening, um, working full time, uh, children, family life, but trying to get the train. What What did you have to do to get the training in? Uh, prioritize the early days and anyway, the weekends, and try and get you know, if especially towards the end, there's a couple mm-hmm. of weeks there bigger blocks and just get them done early and get back and you know try and not take up your full day because you end up feeling guilty you know if you mm. if you head out the door at nine or ten and you're not back at two or three it's yeah. it's a bit different it's a bit different from leaving at seven and back at 12 um you know so i just <laughs> sleep so i can find to try and try and get a, a, a regular sleep yeah. pattern like you know um but uh, it can be hard. It yeah. can be hard, and juggling. Need, uh, I have four four kids, like so. It's not the said, you know. You need a very understanding. Uh, well, this is woman there, so and you have one. Well, I mean, Sarah, so if you, you're lucky. If you, uh, if you maybe if you if you put her through a pile of years of uh, free day vendors, you know, uh, and then he's. You go off a drink and you only go away for like three hours training. She, she's that's a lot. A, that's a positive. Uh, it's a lot better. Wow. You know, so, Happy days. So maybe that might be the best advice. Go, yeah. go mental for a couple of years. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you were saying there about early mornings. Like I heard something once. I don't know what it was. It was a YouTube video or something. Some army man. Uh, motivational talk or something. But he was saying... If you're up training at half five or six in the morning, nobody's looking for you. No, it's, no. there's nobody looking it's for you true. at half five. It's your time. If you need to train, like, and it's tough and yeah. you're eating and they sleep and stuff, so you need to make sure you're getting to bed the night before and proper fuel yeah. and stuff. But if you're up at six 
like if it's a weekend or even if it's a weekday, if you're up at six training on the bike or run whatever from six to half seven, there's nobody really no. nobody looking for you. So it's it's just prioritizing it and it's tough. And it's yeah, I would say you could argue people like yourself and people with big goals, like that's like it's a tougher it's a tougher training regime than a not a training regime, but it's a tougher thing to do than the pros because like they can sleep the whatever time and they can they can uh, schedule a train you're you really have to balance a lot of things like so definitely yeah it's 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 hard but it's it's just one of them. you have to you have to want they they go mm-hmm. well they they get yourself out of your bed at quarter to six or whatever it may be they, they may be doing an hour before going to work or at the weekends or bike sessions. I mean, you have to want the, the there has to be a want mm. on you, you know, they, they, they get somewhere like. What is it that, that gets you, gets you out of your bed? Like what's the drive? Is it the race? Is it the, the fight the race, against uh, another competitor? Uh, being in the uh, race, it's, a, like? it's a race. And to be honest, it wasn't until COVID that I realized that, mm. you know, uh, whenever I've, spent the last guts of six seven months or whatever it may be with not much mojo for training i've realized that it's it's risen that i love you know i mm. love competing and just getting on the mix and seeing what you can get out of yourself on the day is there's a bit of comfort and the discomfort isn't there you mm-hmm. know so tell us about that day in october in barcelona Tell uh, us through the day. How did it go? What your pre-race thoughts and what was it like? It was it was a, a really good experience. Um, the time was just flooded with thousands of like all different nationalities, Chevelle P5s everywhere, eight grand bikes, boys looking like six pack, eight packs. You know, <laughs> you're, just, you're thinking I'm 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 fucked here, Joe. You know, it was just. It's just, it was just, it's just like a big triathlon circus and when it rolls on the town, it's just, you know, it's the, the buzz and the atmosphere is amazing. So uh, the first couple of days, it's just getting getting about and there's a few, few lads from Derry who have done Plendalum, which which helped, you know, uh, you know get, get, get about. And so um, uh, we just, we landed maybe three days out, uh, got ourselves sorted. Day before the risk was, was it the day before? Uh, one of the days was really sunny, and the day after was really windy, or vice versa. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and we like the day of the risk. We the morning was the, the water was like a, a bath. It was like a, the the calmest ocean you'll ever. It was unbelievable. Um, and I remember standing in the in the pens and the sun just coming up and the, maybe free whatever it was, three and a half thousand bikes in the transition and the crowds. And um, I remember looking down the beach. It's like a one-way swim down to your right, uh, turn and back up. And it's like, it's daunting. It was daunting to look because you can't really see the last boys. You know, mm. they're that far, they're at one point, whatever it is, mile down the road. like, um, And like, the just... Uh, it's just nerves, and but I was ready. Um, I remember standing, just rubbing the hands, just going right. And uh, the ACD thunderstruck. Uh, that, that's I don't know what they play that. You know, uh, every time I hear it now, I think back to <laughs> that morning. You know, it was, it was, it was. To be honest, it was perfect conditions, absolutely perfect conditions. And uh, put myself in the one hundred five, one ten pen, and, and there and. Just fought myself right, just swim comfortable and don't be burning any matches at all. And, and, and I did, and I genuinely did. Just a cruise, a swim, and I got out and I kind of had a look at halfway and thought, jeepers, I'm doing all right here. Um, good turn, get in, and had a great swim, like 101 something. And I thought, right, this is hot here, you know, happy days. And got out on the bike and got up on the first hole uh, up out of Kilia. The trains just starting. There's groups of maybe twenty boys, and um, oh, it's just just got out amongst it. And I mean, oh, it was amazing! Like amazing. You're sitting, you're going, 
24, 25, whatever mile an hour. And, you know, you've you done all your training here and you're going to your race or coming on at 20 mile an hour and you're sitting over there for the, the same heart rate at four mile an hour faster. Mm-hmm. A great day, great day. No no real wand on the bike as such. Um, and just, just bombing it to get off. I actually must have... About the 90 mile mark, I must have an aid station to try to grab a bottle. I must have, must have had them. Felt a wee bit funky, maybe around the maybe around the 95-ish. Just doesn't feel great. So I just, I just lay on the back. Might have actually been a wee bit earlier than that, you know, before 90 miles, because it might have been 90, I felt that coming on. So I just lay on the back of the group and didn't bother pulling any more turns uh, on the bike. And got on the T2 and uh, I didn't really know where I was at as far as time-wise. I, no, I wasn't doing the sums in my head because mm. I knocked, you know, knock a watch off after the swim and stuck the 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 bike computer on for the bike. Yeah. Uh, I got out on the, the marathon and Aiden had said to me, "Try and make your first couple of miles, seven thirty, so try and go go out a bit conservative and." First, I, I, I said, right, I'll do it. I, I'll, I'll take, I took a first five mile. Um, the first, my first five were my slowest. Um, and that stood for me because mm. I let a lot of boys, I let a lot of boys go. Um, and a lot of them I seen towards the back half of the marathon. Yeah. It, it started to turn on the body of war zone, to be honest. Uh, was, it a, was it a hot day there? It was hot, Emma, but it was it was cloudy. Do you know it was still in the twenties? No, yeah. but it wasn't. It wasn't really, really hot. Like Sheep Haven was probably warmer. You know. Yeah, yeah. It, it was. It was good. It was good. And you, you finished with uh, nine hours, three minutes, thirty seconds. Did that exceed your ex- your own expectations? Was that a nice surprise? Uh, I hope they break. That? Uh, big time. I, I, I was hoping on a they break ten. I knew that they break ten. <laughs> you nearly broke, know, you broke nine. I know, I know. I, like yeah. I, I went over with a the mindset that if I come home with sub ten, it's a good first Ironman. Mm. And that was me. That was me. My goal because it, uh, I knew it was not. It wasn't a distance the you know mess way or whatever. Yeah. I just uh, I was. Just trying to be a wee bit conservative. I knew that Barry Dunsmore had done it the year before, and I thought, right, we'll try and, you know, if I can get under 10. And yeah. I think up, up from the likes of Derry, South Derry, I didn't think there was, I think Barry was the only boy who at the time had broke 10. Yeah. I think Barry, I think the big fella that was in Australia now, Paul Dory, is it? Mm, I He's think a, I heard of him. Yeah. I, I mind that you're Paul not talking about it, but. So that was the plan, break 10. And when I got over the line, I looked, I looked back in 903 and the pain that I had to deal with from about 18 miles to 25 miles on my legs of them wanting, they just, I was just, no, it was excruciating. It, but yeah. I was, no, still going, but it was pain. Like, and I remember looking back and seeing the time and I got emotional, you know. Yeah. There was that much, no, it was pain and the emotions and the buzz of the Ironman and, I think I had a, there was a bit of a tear in my eyes, you know, it was like, you know, um, was, I went down the, the tent and I went down the tent and I, I, I sat down the bench and just fought myself. Fuck, you know, it was just, it was, it was a really, really, it was, to be honest, it's the best feeling I've had in triathlon, like by, yeah. by far, you know. Um, and was there there's some, a, sorry, go ahead. There's a certain beauty date or something you know there's a long time of pain you know whereas yeah. in the sprints or olympics you know you don't have far to go yeah you know whereas and was there dark times out in the course like was there times where you thought was there any point where you thought you would have had to stop or you would have had to walk or uh there, like i said from about 18 onwards there was there was these mental battles going on and you know uh, you're just trying to talk to yourself and think of stuff or people that's, I suppose, more important to you than, than the pain that's going on or something, you know, mm. I, mean, I think it has to get, it has to stop being about you 
and 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 pain. Yeah. Always, you, you you know, you're going to stop. You know, I had to like go to the darker places than the pain to to keep going as such, I suppose. And is there anything you're telling yourself? Are you using positive self-talk? Are you using any lines? Are you just what's going on ahead at that 18 mile mark? There's a lot of a lot of inner talking on there, like you know, and, and the point that I was like talking to my legs and stuff, saying, "Well, if you don't let me down here, I'll we can take three months off. We can, you know, <laughs> you know stuff like that, you know." Yeah. I mean, and then. You know, there's a lot of talking going on. Um, but in fairness, the first five miles stood to me because I was in pain. But there was boys a lot worse off than me. That yeah. you know, they they look like drunk men. Yeah. You know, on the course. Um, so I think that uh, that it was pissed well enough that the pain was a lot, but it was doable. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't have to. I didn't walk. I stopped for a pee. I actually did a stop for to go to the toilet. Um, apart from that, I ran the aid stations and it was a good day. I had a good day. Um, so you, you ended up 94th overall, isn't that right? Um, yeah. And that's out of what? 3,000 plus? It's like. Yeah. So you're in front of a few pros. Mm-hmm. There's a few pros behind you. Uh, I think like, there was eight or so. Sure. Eight, he knows exactly. Eight, eight pros. Uh, eight uh, scalps. Eight scalps. Um, so, like, after that race, you're in a buzz, you're in a high. You look back at the time, nine hours, three three minutes, and what are you saying to yourself? Does it, did it unlock a new belief in yourself of what you could do more, like, Obviously, maybe the more you do, the better you're going to get at them. The more years training you get behind you, where do you think you can go with it? Um, I would love to say that I think I could get it no a lot better, but unless there was massive life changes, um, I don't want to to go down that road of thinking that I could be, you know, a cert a certain what it. Uh, athlete only they come up short and then throw the towel and not want to do triathlons because I've put too much pressure on myself mm. you know um, yeah. I do I do feel like I, I could obviously go quicker and you know I would love to I would love to qualify for Kona um, that would be a goal I think it's doable within our couple of years training mm-hmm. but that's where I would like I would draw the line as far as you know I don't I don't I don't get too far ahead of myself we yeah just a step a at a time job, a full-time job and, and a pile of wins and um so like would, would going to Portugal the the try and get that Kuna spot was that the goal for that was last the, year that was, uh, that was a goal Emmett um I think that I think it's doable. I think if I can get another year or two and maybe bring the marathon time down slightly, uh, I shouldn't be far away. I would love to go. It would be, it would be amazing to do. Um, it would be an amazing achievement. Mm-hmm. Uh, really would like. Um, uh, I think if, I think if I got that, it would be a, 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 be, be a lifetime goal. Like, you know, yeah. I've said since. Booking Barcelona, I remember Brian McChrystal asked me, "What do you, what do you want to do? We travel, we airmen, we that." No, and I, I, I said that then, and he sort of maybe took a, it was a wee bit took back by it. Mm. But I said, "I want to qualify for Kona," and I, but he obviously, but he didn't know. So you never yeah, know. He didn't know you. <laughs> no, that's it. Right? But um, that's that's unbelievable. Like, and I think it's definitely like achievable when you see what you've done your first Ironman and with more experience and more training years behind you like you're you're still young actually young you're only what 34 35 they say it only gets better when you're over 40 for that Jan Ferdinand's 
still that's uh, mad, isn't it? still ruling at that age. Like so, you're you're fairly young in terms of specific triathlon training years and stuff. So I would mm-hmm. say, well, then I remember, um, I remember when when I was coaching you, and you were saying, I think I think I could be good by I'm 31. You think I'll be good when I'm 31 or 32? I was like, I definitely get good, good by him. Like it was a few years. So um it's definitely achievable and seeing where you've came from and the athlete you are now, like training where you and racing racing against you, it's you've you've come on massive and I'd say you'll you'll continue to develop. So we look forward to hopefully following you in Kona someday. That'd be nice. Um, that would be open, nice. If they open up these races again soon. That's so all qualified. Um but Sean, I think um I'll not take any more of your time. You need to get to bed. You've training <clears throat> training to get up for in the morning, I'm sure. But uh hey, thanks a million and uh thanks for coming. Thank you. Man. I know where it's man, thank you. So, show's over. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you got a lot of value from it. Um, I certainly enjoyed recording this with Sean. It was great crack and learned a lot from it. So, if you did enjoy the show, I would ask you to send it to one person. Copy the link and just send it to one person who might benefit from it, might find inspiration or motivation from it. And, again, if you could leave a review, that would be extremely helpful. And we'll be back next week with another great guest. So stay tuned and thanks for listening. See you.